Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. <clears throat> Today's talk is on the Dhammapada 14, called the Buddha Bhaga, the restraint of the Buddha. This is going to be good. <laughs> John is manning the fort at the Zoom table. Whose knowledge is unsurpassed? How would you distract him? Who has abandoned craving and further becoming? Who has cut all entanglements? How would you distract him? Those who diligently study the Dharma and practice the Eightfold Path will come to the point where they recognize every distraction for what it is and effortlessly abandon it. <clears throat> At that point, the worldly things lose their grip. These are the Arahants, the Buddhas, the Awakened Ones. Those rightly self-awakened, established in jhana, delighted with a calm mind, resting in renunciation, remaining free and mindful. The wise hold those dear. Human life is rare. <clears throat> Human life is difficult. The chance to hear the authentic Dharma is rare. Awakening is difficult. The Buddha uses the word kicham here, translated as rare and difficult. The difficult part means more difficult to obtain than the hardship side of that. What he's getting at here is not to take this opportunity that you have for granted. You want to take a good look outside of 107 Harrison Street, French New Jersey. Outside of your own short life, and see how rare this opportunity really is. Abandon all that is hurtful, develop what is skillful, concentrate the mind. This is the teaching of the Buddha. Right effort, right concentration. The Dharma and Cliff Notes. <laughs> <clears throat> Practicing the Dharma can be that simple and direct. At any point in your day when you might be agitated, unsure what to do, you ask yourself simply this Could my words or deeds? cause harm 
to myself or others? If so, check your mirror, turn on your blinker, and hang right, and keep your eyes on the road at all times. This is how the Dharma works in real life. Patient endurance is the foremost skill, unbinding the foremost achievement. Those who mislead or hurt others have lost the Dharma. Practice the Dharma in accordance with the Dharma. With wise restraint, do not disparage others. Be moderate with food. Dwell in seclusion. Develop jhana. Patient endurance and being harmless, not disparaging others, uh, can be a tough thing to do in this world. But the Buddha was no stranger to human suffering. He saw rampant disease, famine, kings overthrown, killed, even the outright slaughter of war. That was the kind of dukkha that the teachings dealt with at that time. All that we're dealing with here is maybe a heavily contested democratic election in one of the richest countries in the world with a little pandemic thrown in there for good measure. So restrain your fear, your anger, your greed. Patient endurance, being harmless, not disparaging others. It comes highly recommended, and it will bring you a life of ease. Understanding stress, the disciple knows that a lake of gold coins does not satisfy. The disciple delights in the end of craving. This one is a disciple. <clears throat> the disciple knows that the craving has no end. It has no satisfaction. Only the ending of craving brings satisfaction. He is called a disciple because he has practiced the discipline of the Eightfold Path. Escaping to mountains, caves, forests, or shrines brings no protections from ignorance. The supreme refuge of my Dharma brings release from all confusion, delusion, stress, and <clears throat> suffering. The triple refuge of the Buddha, the Dharma, and a well-focused Sangha brings an understanding of the Four Noble Truths. 
The Supreme's Triple Refuge brings release from all confusion, delusion, <coughs> stress, and suffering. When we're looking for that refuge, we're trying to find it by getting away from people or from people that we don't like. Binge watching TV, <laughs> going through another pint of Rocky Road. Okay. We're spinning the same old wheels in the same old mud here. It won't save you from the effects of your own ignorance, your own not understanding the nature of reality and your place in there and your your effect on all that. Take refuge in what you found here. The example of the human Buddha, the guidance of the Dharma, and the comfort and support of this Sangha. This refuge will bring you to and support you in the practice that will end all confusion and delusion and stress that has been bothering you since you first opened your eyes that first little crack. When you realize that things weren't quite okay, despite what your parents, your teachers, your friends told you, this is all normal. The truly pure person is uncommon. It is a lie that he is everywhere. The rightly self-awakened one brings true wealth and happiness to their final. Having lost that roadmap, that path to awakening for so long, it seems unlikely that we could find somebody now who truly followed and practiced this to the full unbinding. I spent the greater part of my life looking for one. I found plenty of claimants. They all had lead feet. No one could teach an effective path to self-awakening. And John can tell you the same thing. But now, finding someone who can teach the path to self-awakening is a reality for all of us. It's a true blessing to be able to use this opportunity for ourselves. And through us, it's a blessing 
for all those that we touch. Fortunate we are to find those awakened. Fortunate we are to have those teaching the authentic Dhamma. Fortunate we are to have a well-informed and well-focused Sangha. Fortunate we are to find wise restraint here. Fortunate we are to find those that followed those awakened through my Dharma. Disciples that have abandoned self-identification, greed and aversion, those fearless and unbound have abandoned measuring merit. That's a beautiful um, saying that he has there, measuring merit. Because instead of going for the brass <coughs> ring, that life of ease and calm, we gather merit our whole lives. Bank accounts, houses, successful children, good deeds, pens. Buddhists, Christians, Muslims, everyone is going for the same medal of meritorious behavior as the lion god. those who walked away from that long row of slot machines that this is, left their copper quarters and went searching for someone who could teach them how to be human. And now that you found yourself in the truly fortunate circumstance of stumbling into a well-focused sangha where an effective dharma is taught. Go at it like your hair is on fire. The smoke you've been smelling is not your imagination. Let's go back for a few minutes and visit, revisit uh, verse 4, because it's a really important one. Human life is rare, human life is difficult to obtain, the chance to hear the authentic Dhamma is rare. Self-awakening is difficult. On this opportunity, 
opportunity that we have here. Because we are all living in a time and place of comfort and security and ease where we are here. And you may throw in there that, oh my God, we're having economic disaster, we have people marching in the streets, we have a reality show host in the White House, we have social democrats in Congress, crying out loud. But despite that, we are living in a time and place of comfort and security and ease compared to a lot of people in the world and a lot of people in history. You are not living in the basement of an apartment building in Damascus waiting for the next barrel bomb to come down and finish you off. You're not trying to scratch a living on a postage stamp farm somewhere in Africa in the middle of a drought, seeing your family die of starvation. You're not holed up in some little house somewhere in the middle of middle in middle America waiting for the gangs to come take your daughters and kill your sons. Now you actually have a measure of comfort, security, and ease in your life so that you can actually show up in class regularly and you do have the time to read and listen and discuss the Dharma. Open your eyes and ears. Widen your, widen your horizon. Understand that you are fortunate. Don't waste this opportunity. Tissues are in here. Let's pass it. Mask is working. Thank you. <laughs> it is totally new style, man. <laughs> How's the Zoom room? Calling on me. Um, that was really outstanding. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this a few times. All of our teachers teach the Dhamma in their own way. Mm -hmm. so Jen teaches, when Jen starts teaching, you know that there's a teacher teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin has such a, uh, an appreciation and a connection to the Sangha. He really speaks to everyone in that way. Right. And you are, you're a professor of the Dhamma. And I don't mean mm -hmm. that in a stilting way, you know, there's no haughtiness about it, but your understanding of the Dhamma allows you to present it 
and, and this this is the perfect chapter for you because mm. you understand how rare it is and you understand how simple it is and and that that really is the point of this of this whole chapter you uh, you presented that in just a it's just a wonderful way you, again you, I think I've said this the last two teachers but you make an old teacher proud um, by developing a Dhamma um, and I know it hasn't been you, you besides being a professor you are one of the best examples of right effort because for the first three or four years you weren't quite convinced but you kept coming you kept applying it in the way it was meant to be applied uh, I remember the, the, uh, the talk we had on the Eightfold Path um, I think it was your third retreat. And then I could start seeing your eyes lighting up. But that was you know, two and a half or three years in right. with still with great doubt, but you mm -hmm. never let it you, you, you never let that stop you because you always engage in right effort. Um, and you're, you're just such a great example of that, of what you can develop by simply continuing and not taking in that way, when you're going from a conditioned mind to understanding the, the reality of the Dhamma. Mm -hmm. um, it takes great gentleness, but it also takes great courage to because you're really you're not questioning me or the Dhamma. You're really questioning your own beliefs, and that's that's tough. Um, yeah. But you had the courage to do it, and, you, and, you, and this is the result. So we're and we're all um, we're all fortunate because of that. So thank you. Yeah, I, I was fortunate to have been. I don't know how and where, but. I was really taught this um, honesty with myself mm. to um, to always question my everybody's beliefs, but specifically my beliefs. And, and frankly, I still don't know where that came from. Um, but. have a hard time um, really pinning that down what kept me going because um, I really came here for all the wrong reasons <laughs> uh, but in, in, the, in the beginning I, I really wanted to prove you wrong with, with what you were saying there you know, and and I, I wasn't going to do that in in class because that was that was not my my not my issue. Um, you presented something that was pretty solid, and I thought I had the knowledge to uh, to blow holes in that, and I tried. Yeah, uh, and I couldn't. The more you get into Studying this Dharma, you see how it hangs together, and and then when you start actually practicing it, you see that it works. Yeah. And I think, Joey, but the reason why you couldn't punch holes in it is because I wasn't teaching Haspelism. Really, I was, yeah, I was teaching exactly. a pure Dharma, yeah. uh, at least as as best as I understood it and could teach it. And I could get back to uh, to the source. You know, I looked up. It, that's why, I, again, you bring up, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's why I only teach a dhamma, I mean, uh -huh. a sutta. Because it, it, 
that's that's the foundation of it. It's not me. Yeah. You know, you could because you could pick my opinions apart all day long. Right. But and as soon as you as you stray from 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 that part from from what we now see as as the authentic Dharma, uh, you end up in opinions. Yeah. And we all know what they're worth. Mm -hmm. I've got a whole pile of them behind the barn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a line that you read about uh, about merit, and all of modern Buddhism is based on gaining merit. Mm -hmm. and so that's not that's not something that's peculiar to our time. It was common during the Buddhist time. Yeah. Fabricated dharmas require that merit of some sort. In other words, okay, I'll follow the Ten Commandments and I get a reward when I'm dead, etc., etc. Yeah. Yeah. That's merit. That's a merit-based belief system that is, and ultimately, it's cruel and hurtful. Yeah. So and, to me, oh, I'm sorry. And even outside of, of religion, you know, this is what we do. We're, yeah. we're trying to gain some merit, yeah. making making ourselves feel good about it. Yeah. It's all merit based. And when we gain it, we, we <coughs> let people know it. Why don't we go uh, online first, if yeah. that's okay with you? Uh, we'll start with Josh. Josh, how are you? age that you are at. Not Josh. <laughs> but it always brings up the question of whether material comfort and ease is a hindrance rather than a help mm. uh, uh, when it comes to uh, getting out of, of Distraction and self-preferencing and all the all of the fear of losing what you have or fear of not uh, getting what you want, all kinds of grasping and clinging, which uh, 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 I think I struggle with more than I should. Uh, One of my old teachers used to say, "You can be." Poor and miserable, or you can be rich and miserable. It's better to be rich and miserable. <laughs> well, it was wonderful, uh, Rob. Thank you. And I'll, I'll sign off. You're welcome. Thank you, Josh. Kevin, how are you? Very good time. Hello, everyone. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Um, wow. So, Ram, that was truly beautiful. Um, this is, um, you know, it's a, a beautiful sutta, a beautiful teaching, mm -hmm. and you presented it so, so heartfelt that it was um, really moving. Um, the Dhammapada is really like Buddha's greatest hits. I'm going to change that the subtitle for that. <laughs> That'll be the title on the book. <laughs> Yeah, it encapsulates the entire Dhamma in this one teaching, mm -hmm. and it just—it's—it's just like a circle. It just—we're like a lotus blossom. It just all those ana analogies that always come up around Buddhism, and it really just points to how that is. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, you were talking about you know trying to punch holes in it, and um, I think it's impossible because the four noble truths are true. Yeah. They are truths, and it's impossible to refute them. In these lines, human life is difficult. The chance to hear authentic Dhamma is rare. Awakening is difficult. That is so true, but it is so true that we are able in this Sangha had a chance to hear authentic Dhamma. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much. And it just uh, awakening is difficult, though, and life gets in the way of it, but we will keep yeah. But we path. keep at it. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for joining. Anthony, how are you down in beautiful Miami? Oh, good. Yeah, we're in. Uh, we're getting a, a, one of those periodic storms right now, and it just uh, looking at everybody wearing the flannel shirt. Yeah, you know, flannel shirts with shirts underneath made me realize we're in a very different place. It's kind of snow later here. <laughs> and everybody's blowing their nose, and I, I I know that I would be among you right now because the fall always made me blow my nose. Uh, but I'll find different reasons to do that here. But anyway. Um, Ron, you did, a, you did an excellent job. You found a way to expand on a really important teaching and add to it and make it your own, very authentic. And by the same token, it's consistent with the Buddha. You know, so that's not an easy needle to thread. You did it really well. Um, and uh, I, I love the teaching because it talks about how things that we all intuitively know, like that money doesn't bring happiness and changing environments. Uh, doesn't bring happiness, and there's no such thing as a universal job oneness because this is an inside job. Like we have to do this ourselves. And um, I, uh, it kind of reminds me of um, I think it was Jack Kornfeld that wrote a book, where wherever you go, there you are. And that's kind of how this is, because you could change, you could go into rich environments, or you know, go you could be here in Miami, and you're still you're still the same person and you're still going to find you're still going to wake up with problems no matter where you are uh, and it's it's an inside job like I said um, I do have a question for Ram what is, what is the triple refuge I was piecing through it trying to figure that out and I couldn't that is the refuge of the Buddha the Dharma and the Sangha ah, known okay. as the triple refuge thank you the triple jewel. so anyway great job again Ram Love Thank being you. here, and everybody enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. The, uh, if you go on the website, right at, on the home page, you'll see three suttas on on True Refuge. That's the Triple Refuge. You'll see. Please say hello to Deborah for me. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. How are you this morning? Ah, can't hear you. I'm on the. There you, there you go. All right. Um, hello, everyone. Um, Tom, thanks, uh, Rob. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, everyone. It's great to see you and hear you. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to come to my, um, well, like everyone else, I think I really uh, picked up on that sense of appreciation um, mm -hmm. for the Dharma. I think something you said, Ron, which, which made me reflect a bit more was, it's not just, I mean, normally we look at how fortunate we are, you know, we live in first world countries, and uh, yes, <coughs> we, we don't lack of basic necessity, you know, you know th things and whatever we need to be basically, um, or theoretically, let's say, happy. Um, 
But when you step out of it and you realize how fortunate we are yes. to be in this Sangha and to be able to hear some authentic Dharma teaching, not just within, I mean, you can, you can zoom out and further and further out and think through history, how many people have been this fortunate. Yeah. Um, and it makes you realize that, you know, and I really like, which I've heard a, a couple of times of, you know, take to the Dharma like your hair's on fire. And, um, you know, that's, that, that is how I, I feel that deep, deep appreciation. And I do feel that burning kind of desire to take to the Dharma like my hair's on fire, even if um, I very, very, very regularly reflect and say, well, why am I not taking to it as much as I should, given how much I, I, I value it, right? So, um, but it's a great thing to reflect on and to keep, that's why I love jumping in on these weekends because it, it helps me to sort of reflect again on my week and say, well, have I this week really taken to the Dharma as if my hair was on fire? You know, have I done, could I, could I, you know, um, or how can I continue to prioritize it more and more? And uh, just like uh, Josh said, I do notice progress. I know I'm prioritizing it more than I did in the past, so that's already progress, right? And I guess I've just got that burning desire to, to, to continue to, 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 to just prioritize it a little bit more, um, uh, with hopefully every day, or um, and, 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 and gradually get more and more aligned in, uh, on the path. So, um, yeah, that, that was my, my sort of sentiment. Um, just one other thing, very, in fact, sorry, two very quick things. Um, first was, it's just a little bit, I, I don't know if it's only me, but I find, I found it quite hard to hear you, Rom. Um, I was, I could do it, but I've got a little bit of background noise here, and yeah, Josh is saying, saying, I was really, really having to listen carefully. I don't know if there's any way in which um, a microphone can be like, a, or, or something yeah. just to make it a little bit easier to hear. We're, we're um, having a, a, I haven't only noticed yeah. that today, I must say, but right. it was especially, I, I noticed it especially today. Yeah, we're having a different different uh, microphone setup uh, than usual. Uh, oh, yeah. this is the so, same one we've been using. Right. So there, there's, there's, uh, you know, we tweak these things continuously. But thank you for your input. It is important for us to know that, uh, you know, w when things are not quite clear uh, in the audio or the video. Uh, yeah. You all should yeah, see. Yeah, with Tom on that. Yeah, you all should see Tom's face. The enthusiasm he, he's showing right now is remarkable. Uh, and I would say Josh, too. I can't see Anthony because he put it. Oh, there he is. <laughs> but, Tom, your, your enthusiasm for the dollar will, will uh, uh, stand you in good stead going forward. So I'm glad you joined today. Right. Mary, how are you this morning? Hello, Mary. Oh, there she is. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, I, I would also echo, you know, about the sound I put here. It was just a little difficult. Um, but, Ram, you did a really great job. The, between you and Kevin, how you summarized things and the words you used, um, I was feeling the same, many of the same emotions. Um, I thought it was so thoughtful in terms of how you uh, put it together um, and how it was so apparent, you know, you, I, I'm sure as a teacher you do it for yourself, you want to do well, you want to do well in front of the teacher, but you also want to convey certain emotion 
and significance to your fellow fellow sangha mates, <laughs> yeah. and um, and you did that so beautifully. I mean, just really your thoughtfulness and your personal experiences were really um, effective in um, helping us experience the Dhamma with you today. So thank you so much. Um, just really the, the whole Dhamma Fada um, is really just amazing. It's all there and it, it, it is the reminder to um, live it every day and reflect on it and move forward like your hair's on fire. So really wonderful job and uh, it feels wonderful to be with the Sangha today and I really look forward to the retreat. So yeah. Yeah. thank you everybody. Thank you, Mary. Let me, let me just say, I, I encourage you all because it's, you'll, you'll see the, 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 the stark contrast between uh, fabricated interpretations and what the Buddha actually taught by just doing a, a, a search anywhere on the Dhammapada and, and compare what you find to, to the restored Dhammapada. Uh, and you'll, you'll see how, how useful this, this is now. Uh, that, that, uh, Ram, it's up to you. That's everybody online. Thank you all for joining. I, I wanted to, to kind of, uh, as I've been getting into the, the Dhammapada here, um, if you look at the Dhammapada as a um, as a toolkit, um, we, we've talked about this, John and I. Um, in in the original sangha and and later as well. Every morning, the monks would go out to get their alms, and they were required to give a teaching as a, uh, a gesture of appreciation. And my feeling is that all these verses were just, that was their toolkit. When somebody asked them a question or if the situation merited it, they would pick one of these verses and say them and maybe expound on them. Um, and that makes you know, commenting on this uh, Actually, uh, in writing this, and well, this is how I, I, I do it. I, I, I write it down because uh, that's how I express myself. Um, but uh, it was actually very easy because as soon as you, when you have a, a, a base knowledge of, of of the Dharma, it's it's not hard to uh, use all of these uh, in in certain situations. This is what the Buddha said. This is what he meant. You know, and it's a, and it can be. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a half an hour or, or more. It can be a five-minute little thing. You know, this is your situation. Well, let me show you what what the Buddha said about that. You know, this is your question. Here's here's the Buddha's answer, and, and, and this is how you should look at that. Anybody else left on the? No, everybody's done online. Whew. I'm so grateful for you, Ron. I, uh, uh, I feel like I just got cold water thrown in my face, and you know, given a talking to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, like, get your act together. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to myself, too. I know, I know. And I'm actually not, I didn't take it as, it was almost like, I needed to hear it for me, but I also, it's what I've been thinking and feeling, but not <coughs> able to put into words for others. I feel like I want, I can't wait till this recording goes up. I, I just want to dish it out to people that I've been having this kind of conversation with and mm -hmm. I'm not able to fully express what you just expressed today. In, in a way that is <clears throat> pure and there's no personalization. It's just pure expression of the Dhamma and in a way that's completely relatable to anyone. Um, and so I'm yeah, I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so glad you stumbled in here and, yeah. you know, punched yeah. holes in we your... All, we all stumbled in here. <laughs> what is this thing? So, what yeah. am I doing here? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for the teaching. Adam? Wrong. Maybe you quarters of the slot machine. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I had the same visceral emotional reaction that Jen Ben has. Um, you know, I come in here each week and I'm just overwhelmed by this feeling of gratitude, and it's been kind of displaced. But today, you kind of focus it on the rarity and the the good fortune we have in you know having the Dhamma presented to us and it being there and being explained to us by by you know people who have embraced the Eightfold Path. Can I ask you what, what your, how you came to this? I mean, to why, here? why this reaction of, of gratitude? Um, it's kind of in a way for me, it's come full circle. I first came across Buddhism through meditation and was just, you know, thunderstruck mm -hmm. by my first experience meditating. And then I spent 30 years pursuing it academically <laughs> and got away from that, um, that sense of relief and refuge from meditation. And coming back into here with all of you reawoke that first experience. It just makes me vibrate. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Good to be here. Good. Good, to see, good to see everybody, and uh, thank you for your teaching. Uh, it was, um, I think, yeah, just being grateful and uh, you know, just, just being able to hear the teaching was, was pretty simple. You know, you, you know, start to get into some thoughts, and you realize, come back to your breath and practice the eightfold path, and that's what there is. And uh, if I can do that, then. Gave me the courage to mm -hmm. look at what that is and just the simplicity of it and continue to do it. So, 
Thank you for the courage and it's good to be here. The Dhammapada, when we read it in our own confines, is strong and you know and it means a lot to all of us. But when we have a practitioner of yourself giving your wisdom and insight and explaining that particular Dhammapada chapter and then the Sangha interaction, you can see the powerful nature of the Dhammapada as to your point. Mm. So from this particular chapter and from our from your teaching, I got from here that there's four major points that that I take from this. Briefly is the reminders, recognition, perseverance, and appreciation of the three jewels. The hardest thing for a lot of uh, for me because it's an introspective practice, is that everyone's suffering is uniquely their own. So I try not to look at somebody wealthy and say, why are they so depressed? Why are they so depressed? And I try not to look at people who seem to be very content and happy who are living in horrible situations environmentally. And just bring it back to the introspective nature yeah. Mind governs all. <laughs> You're right. And so that wholesome realization to develop the Dhamma is so strongly put into this chapter. And to develop the Dhamma at one's own pace through these reminders that the Buddha is giving us to abandon hurtful thoughts, to abandon the clinging and craving, to impermanence, to your point, to recognize that rarity of the authentic dominant appreciate and that is something that took me such a long time to really get mm-hmm. to appreciate the rarity yeah. of that purity and it, it is human nature of a self-referential person to take those things for granted what is in front of us mm-hmm. um, so and, and to recognize this wisdom and abandon self-identification to the impermanent phenomena, abandon all fabrications that this is something that has been very difficult for me, is to abandon the fabrications that fortify the not-self, that fortify that impure self, mm-hmm. not-self. And that line that you emphasize, human life is rare mm-hmm. and difficult. That's that's what I got from that. Is that mm-hmm. once that purity is is recognized, recognized that it's rare, to, and it's something to to appreciate. Yeah, look around you, right? And look back on your life. And that's and, where and the and jewels see how really much time you spend in you know rolling around in this stuff. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, for and for me the same. You know, I I spent fifty years doing this. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it was no misery, but that, that sense of solidity, which is what I was looking for, yeah. I've only found this here. And I've, I've you know, I, I read like, my, I read like my hair's on fire. <laughs> um, 
and, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel a lot as well. You know, I've seen people in other circumstances. And I've, I, I've been to other sanghas, um, and this is rare. Yeah. And, you there's, know, a, there's a line there that the Buddha, it, 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 the significance of it can't be overlooked, the rarity of human life, yeah. not just the rarity of Dhamma. Mm -hmm. and, and so ignorance tells us that we have limitless lives. We even, most of modern Buddhism is taught that there's endless Buddhas going back endless years and, and endless Buddhas going into the future. And that completely negates the, the importance of the present moment, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. This is, as far as we know, you know we can speculate yeah. all we want. We've got, it's, we're one and done here. And we can either live a, a portion of an awakened human life or, we, or not. And that's the, that's, the, the, that's the importance of the present moment, yeah. is knowing that. I have, this, this is the moment to awaken. Not yesterday and not tomorrow. This is the only time we can do it. And it's the only life we can do it. That's such a significant line. You brought it out well, Tom. One, one last point and, and on all those topics. That, and again, this is a, the, 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 the conversation and the notes that we all take from this Dhammapada chapter is longer than the Dhammapada chapter mm -hmm. itself. Um, <laughs> but the thing, the thing that I really, from all those discussions, the short-term relief and convenience is not a recipe for long-term peace and tranquility. Mm -hmm. So I, from, from coming to the Sangha and persevering and using and, and, and applying right effort, you know, I feel that there is a sense of courage, but persistence, but I want to take to the Dhamma at, my own taste and enjoy the journey mm -hmm. and it's not a it's not i know everyone says that it's right through the hair on fire and i get that i know what you guys mean by that but depending on where that one person is there 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 should be a for for, for myself introspectively that own pace because that not self can very quickly turn that into a, a self a loathing and a, and I'm not good enough for this and those things and oh, so yeah. by going at your own pace but recognizing and using this Dhammapada chapter recognizing and using those reminders it's a calming effect and it says it's okay you don't have to you don't awaken today that's okay <laughs> yep you know we all, we all do this at our own pace there there is no other way to do it uh, because if you start uh, pushing it, uh, it then you're getting into like it, it becomes a kind of self punishment. You yeah. know, I'm gonna beat myself to death until I get this stuff. Um, now it's just the brass ring, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I remember going into <clears throat> into some of the retreats where you know uh, John's doing his marathon. Uh, and my head started to spin, and I'm trying to I'm trying to to absorb everything at the same time. And finally, I realized that's not what it's about. You know, just let it wash over you, and 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 get what you get, because you get what you get when the time is right. Um, you can read the same chapter, the same sutta. 20 times and every time you get something else yeah, and then there's the one time where it really whacks you over the head that's right
a fully integrated eightfold path provides that type of guidance. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it allows us to keep practicing like our hair is on fire. That's right mm -hmm. intention and right effort. Mm -hmm. While our minds are resting in jhana, and so we're not we're not we're not taking the dhamma itself personally either. But mm -hmm. it does require, um, because of the nature of a fabricated mind mm -hmm. clinging to ignorance, right. it does take a certain amount of effort. It does. But it must be it must be gentle effort. But there's gotta be effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can I add to go back to Jen, our teacher? <laughs> during the summer, she said, uh, don't do this in a rote manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take each sit, each class, each reading, and put it in the context of a right practice. And as John said, it, it's naturally washing over you. There's no rush. But to sit because you have to sit, sit because it's the right practice. Mm -hmm. And I, that, that, you know, from each one of the, our teachers, that was so uh, striking to me. That don't, don't be lazy in your, your effort. Sitting is an effort, right effort is sitting for a purpose, mm -hmm. so thank you. Yeah. The, the, the line, the, the two words that are used in this chapter, mm -hmm. patient, endurance. Patient. Kashanti. Yeah. Okay. And there is a, there is a beating yourself to death <clears throat> kind of effort, and then there is the steady, patient, endurance effort. And you know, we are such a wonderful example of just that, that those of us that have continued develop the Dhamma, and those that haven't don't, and that's, you know, that's not a judgment at all. We're just an example of how the heart of the Dhamma, how the Eightfold Path actually works. Just got to do it. Mike. Hi, Ron. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Really, truly, honestly enjoyed that. Uh, you brought up so many good points. Um, you mentioned uh, to be harmless. Mm -hmm. And I think if you want to really describe the Dhamma in one word, mm -hmm. it's harmless. Yeah. The individual who is harmless unto themselves in every word, thought, action, and deed is on the Eightfold Path and does not impart any wrongdoing to any other in individual. Mm -hmm. So that, that concept of being harmless, it's like this is where, and John had mentioned before, uh, uh, rare and simple, okay? It is simple, the idea of being harmless, it kind of like, you know, it's a deeply introspective word when it comes to the Dhamma, just to, like, <clears throat> what is on my mind at this moment, is this harmless, or is it pure, you know? And it's the minute-to-minute -minute test. It's, mm -hmm. that, it's that moment, on, yes, exactly. And that's the only, again, and that's like keeping you present. And it's when you're present, obviously, mm -hmm. you know that we're not fabricating, or actually, Almost then also means recognizing our own ignorance 
Mm -hmm. And once we recognize our own ignorance, we have two choices to make every moment in our lives. To continue that ignorance, <coughs> or to, or to, you know, walk upon the Eightfold Path. Okay? And that Eightfold Path, well, let me see where I wrote this down. I took two pages of notes while you were, while you were uh, talking there. So, um, let me just find out what that means. Again, uh, harmless. That is an authentic, when you're harmless, again, I mean, this is the word for me today. You know? uh, I do believe that that is the authentic Dhamma, that rare authentic Dhamma, mm -hmm. being harmless, knowing the depth of being, of being so. This is just one thing I had written amongst many, but uh, for as long as we've been here, we have had a choice. And when you recognize your own ignorance, you have the choice to continue being ignorant or to choose the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path is a wise association, one that will guide us to the far shore. Again, you know, wise association also fits in with being harmless, yeah. because we associate with words, thoughts, actions, and deeds that are wise, then we are also being harmless. Everything comes back to that. And as I said, like, once we're, again, again, being, harm, being harmless, we're on that equal path. So that's what I got out of that. You uh, imparted it so skillfully. It was a pleasure sitting here and listening to you. I had 100% attention paid to every word you had said. Thank you so much. Thank you. Julie? Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, um, for the lesson today. It was very beautiful. Um, the thing that really impacted me was with what the Buddha said, um, human life is rare and human life is difficult. The chance to hear authentic Dharma is rare and awakening is difficult. It makes you realize how difficult that 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 really is, and um, I like when you said, you know, "Do not take this opportunity for granted," mm -hmm. because that is very very true. We're very fortunate because we have we have this authentic Dharma being taught to us, and we have a beautiful Sangha where we're all kindred spirits together, mm -hmm. working, you know, walking on the same eightfold path, and we have jhana. So. This is a very special opportunity. This is a very special place that we need to recognize because and we have the means to do this. We exactly. have the, we have the means. We, we can actually do this. You know, it, it, despite crazy schedules and and exactly. stuff going on, we have the means to <clears throat> practice. Um, and um, you know, look around you and see that you're one of the fortunate few. Exactly. That is that. That is very, very true. The thing I was going to say is that we have to be careful because we're not aesthetics, hiding in some cave in the mount, you know, in the mountains, practicing sadhana. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we constantly, we constantly, you know, being thrown back into the world, being, you know, mm -hmm. in a tornado of entanglement, which is very, very. It, 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 it's dangerous. <laughs> but you can't yeah. practice the dharma in a cave. No, you, you cannot. Can. No, but many people try. Yeah. But that's, the, that's the thing that we have to we have to make sure that we stay on the April path. Mm -hmm. We have to practice right effort. Mm -hmm. We have to practice wise restraint. 
it, we have to we have to practice ajana every day, and we have to come to the sangha so we have strength from each other, you know, to continue on that path, because it's like this you can fall off. This is very easy. It's okay, it, but because yeah. I, as as a child, but I grew in a family where we practice meditation, but it's easy to get entangled in the world and forget. It's easy to forget mm-hmm. to, to forget a path, you know. So. Um, this is, we're very fortunate that we have this very pure path that we're on, and very pure teaching that John has, has given us. Yes. So, so <laughs> I, I have extreme appreciation to John and, and love for giving him that to John. John. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because it is very rare, so we need to recognize that. You know, so, thank you. Aww. <laughs> 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 thank you, Astro. <laughs> Okay, mom is a good poll. I like that. Yeah, I love that. Who doesn't love their mom? Ron, that was that was remarkable. And I just wanna say to you that I really I really love the way you made it. You made it personal. You made it your own. And by your rich use of sort of common example, you made it so clear and you made, you made it so able to be taken in and understood. In addition to your amazing voice that is just, I can listen to you talk forever. In fact, you should be on one of those. Yes. Really, you have a really nice, calm, lovely voice, and very easy to understand. I'll do a recording of the phone book. Do a recording. (laughs) (laughs) Recording of the phone book. (laughs) I am so, I I do have to admit that my mind was not in a place to take in and feel everything that you said today because my mind was really distracted. And often, like what Julia said, just resonated with me so much because it's it can it can be pretty it can be pretty hard out there. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't trying to, to tell anybody that their life is just all peaches and cream. No, no, no. I I realize we're all fortunate. We're certainly we certainly have the the comforts of life. That goes on. It goes without saying, but it's just difficult to keep your mind from being distracted <coughs> and so I'm looking so forward to listening to you again on the tape, and I just want to thank you and say that was it was wonderful being here. It was wonderful hearing what everyone had to say because it kind of finally brought me back to where I need to be. And and a lot of you said that. A lot of you said that you, you need to come here every week you need you need to be reminded of how special this is and how powerful it is and that you are definitely in possession of the three jewels 
and be thankful for that and reminded of that often so that you can continue. Thank you. Remarkable class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to end. How close to some dance, bro? Ron? That's what this chapter is about. It's the chapter to earmark, but I'm earmarking. That one I feel out of sorts to remind me. Yeah. Mm. Refuge. Yeah. But that, that is, you know, the, the feeling agitated, you know, and that's where your ear should prick up. Mm -hmm. This is where you, this is where the practice comes in. When everything is humming along, there's no problem. It's, and you're barely practicing. You know, you're just reaping the fruits of practice, maybe. When, when things get agitated, that's when you should crack up, and that's where the question comes in mind, am I harmless? And if I'm not harmless, hang all right. Do it another way. Say something different. Watch what comes out of your mouth. It's so easy, you know. Yeah. For some people, you know, um, <clears throat> Flying off the handle is uh, is kind of normal, um, but there again, that, that's where that's where your jhana comes in. That you, mm -hmm. you can keep that concentration, that you can keep that self awareness. That what am I doing? He's a teacher, huh? Oh yeah. My wife's been wanting me to be a teacher forever, but. Now that I am, she's not quite sure that she likes me to teach it. On the Karani Metasuda, um, it, it's good to know the, the backstory of this. This was a bunch of monks that went off to Built, do their own little reigns retreat. They ran into a situation where <clears throat> they felt they were being harassed and they couldn't do their meditations. And so they ran back to um, town where the Buddha was staying and asked them, you know, what are we doing now? We're being harassed. And this is his answer. This is how you get back to your practice. And this is how you apply them. The Buddha's words are metta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let him be able and upright straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened by duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature, 
let him not do this slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. Wishing, in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease, whatever living beings they may be. Whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, median, short or small, the seen or the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the, over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you all for joining Thank you, Rob. online. Great job. See you. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.